Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Talk. Prema, today we are dedicating this hour to a conversation with some really wonderful devotees on our panel. And we're honoring a very, very special devotee, His Holiness Bhakti Chircha Swami, who is a much beloved disciple of Srila Prabhupada and a spiritual master to many. It was 15 years ago this week that Maharaj passed from this world, but he left with us his life of inspiration, his words of urgency around care and community, and his incredible example of deep spiritual practice and energetic devotional service. So today, as we're reflecting on Maharaj's life by hearing from these three panel members, I'll introduce them shortly, to our disciples of Bhakti Chirta Swami, um, we'll be particularly focusing in around uh, Maharaj's um, inspiration around community and how we can continue to see, understand, and draw out what it means to be in community or what it means to have a great community. Um, Bhakti Chirta Swami was born in 1950, and from a very young age, he was an activist. From a very young child, he was involved with social issues. As a teen, he worked with Martin Luther King. He went to Princeton, studied. His major was in psychology. And in 1973 or thereabouts, he met the devotees and he took initiation. 1979, he actually took sannyas. So he dove right into um, the practice of Krishna consciousness, um, spiritual activism, we could say. And he became famous in our movement for his severe asceticism, his heartfelt praying. Praying. He was uh, in the BBT for many years, the Bhaktivedanta Book Trust, and uh, distributed books, uh, sell sets at colleges, and just there's these incredible stories. Take a moment to read his life story. It's in the book Black Lotus. Uh, it's just a, a, a phenomenal devotee. He was a world leader. He met with world leaders. Uh, he also founded IFAST, the Institute for Applied Spiritual Technology. Uh, founded it here in the D.C., Washington, D.C. area. And um, really um, just was so dedicated and so energetic around both material and spiritual welfare, the welfare of all. Uh, so 15 years ago today, um, he did leave after a year of a battle with cancer. Uh, and he also turned that time of his life into a lesson, uh, teaching how to die, how to go deep in our relationship with Krishna. So, to speak about him today and to recall and honor him today, we have uh, Giri Govardhan Prabhu. Giri Govardhan is a, a devotee who lives at our temple uh, at Potomac. He's a very learned and expert teacher, and he runs the Bhakti Lounge, where he introduces Bhakti to 
through small group conversations. And he finds much spiritual inspiration from the Bhagavatam, which was pivotal to him becoming a devotee in, in the early 90s. And he also oversees our accounts at the temple. So we're, we're delighted to have Giri and his reflection. He's a, 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 always, at least as long as I've known Giri, he will quote uh, Bhakti Chirta Swami to me on a regular basis. So he brings uh, Maharaj into my life regularly. Uh, we also have Navaki Shore. Um, Navaki Shore Das is a disciple of Bhakti Chirta Swami, and he used to live in DC. Now he's living in Milwaukee. 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 Wow, Milwaukee. We uh, we miss him here. Uh, he was a very active member of both the Temple uh, 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 Iskand Temple at Potomac and also part of IFAST, which is located in Silver Spring in the DC metro area. Uh, well known in our community and for bringing the community together through drama and theatrical perform performances of Krishna Leela. Um, he took initiation in 2005 and he's living right now with his wife and son Avi in Milwaukee. And he's a financial consultant at Northwestern Mutual. He's also a graduate of the University of Virginia and Johns Hopkins. And we are waiting for Jadarani, I see Jadarani. Um, Prema, can you uh, take Jadarani off? It's under, I think it's Jack, Jack, Jackie, Jackie. Take her off video and bring her onto the panel and unmute her. Do we have Jadarani? Oh, cool. Yes, Jadarani, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are glad you made it. So Janarani is another dear devotee um, from the IFAST community right here in D.C. Uh, she grew up in Philadelphia in a Baptist family, and she did her B.A. in political science and a Juris Doctorate from Howard University. And it was later when she was teaching at Howard that she met the devotees and Bhakti Church Swami. She became his disciple and has dedicated her life, particularly in the area of media and videos. She recorded Maharaj, traveled with him for many years, and to this day, as the Master Control Coordinator for DCTV, a network in the DC metro area, she also uh, broadcasts Maharaj's lecture every Friday and Sunday. So thank you all for being on the panel. You're all dear devotees from all of the devotees in DC. I do have to say, the IFAST community, Bhakti Tirta Swami's disciples, um, I don't think I'm alone when I say that. They nourish us all so much. They have so much love. They have so much of a sense of community. They bring to this Bhakti community in the DC metro area so much uh, life and grace and blessings and goodness that... Um, uh, we learn and lean in to learn about Bhakti Chirta Swami because of them. So my first question to all of you is, um, you know, can you just share a reflection about Maharaj, his example, his words of urgency around community, his deep spiritual practice, his energetic service. Share with us something of your, your, your experience or your recollection of that. And, and let me invite Giri Govardhan to start. Mm, well, when, when you mentioned his deep, deep spiritual practice, I remember uh, I had a flashback. He, he used to be, uh, when I was living in Detroit, 
he was our GBC representative, and so he would visit Detroit fairly regularly, one of the few sannyasis that would come there. And he would come to the morning program, and, uh, and it was time to chant Japa. This happened just every, every, every time the same way. He would come and he would sit at close, but at a respectful distance on the floor in front of Prabhupada's murti. So you, you could tell that he was treating, you know, he, he was treating the murti as, as Prabhupada was personally present. He was, he was close to him, but not too close. You know, maybe four or five feet away, a respectful distance, but very close to him, facing him. And he would sit down on there and he would, and he wouldn't move from that, that spot. And you could just, you could just feel and hear the intensity and the focus of, of, of his chanting the holy name. And it, it changed the whole environment in, in, in the temple room. It was, it was, I'll, I'll never forget how it felt to, to be chanting at the same time when he was in there. It changed the whole mood. And so you could just see how serious he was about his son, not just with a, that little snapshot. Wow, that's a beautiful, that's a, that's a beautiful image and the idea of how he brought this atmosphere with him through his intense focus. Uh, Nava, would you like to share something? I'll default to Jadarani. How about that? Is that all right? Sure, sure. We're, we're, we're going to go back and forth and in and out and around all of us. Jadarani. Could you share some memories, some recollection of some of the beautiful qualities of your Guru Maharaj? Uh, yes, but at first I'd like to kind of uh, veggie back <laughs> um, and say that, uh, you know, when it's true that whenever he chanted with us, um, and usually in our case in the Washington DC area at IFAS would be on a Saturday morning, you know, before the sun came up. And whatever, um, difficulties or challenges you had during the week, it just dissipated when you chanted with Maharaj. It was just magical and you just knew, you know, everything was going to go uphill from there. Um, I think, I would like to speak about uh, two things briefly. Um, the first time I ever met him, uh, I remember uh, feeling like he was speaking to me only, you know, that I had some spiritual questions and he was a room full of people. And I felt like he knew exactly, you know, what I needed to hear. And he had a way of connecting with his audience and being uh, very um, sensitive about um, who he was speaking to and and meeting people where they were, and then the 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 chant the kirtans. You know, he's teaching us how to develop a love for calling on Christian's name, and he made it fun at the same time. He would call it the transcendental. Aerobic, aerobics and so you dance until you know beyond your your physical capability you were just so swept up in the you know the uh the ecstasy of calling krishna's name that that's wonderful it reminds me one time padma your god sister told me that um he would insist that, and one time she was at Mangalarti and she wasn't dancing. And he turned to her and basically told her, dance. 
<laughs> you cannot be here and not dance at Mangalarti. <laughs> yes, uh, his kirtans, his joyful, joyful kirtans. Thank you for, for reminding us of that. Navaki Shorpu. Krishna. So I, I do want to start, start off and thank uh, you, Nanda, for including me on this panel. I think uh, having the opportunity to speak is my first time doing a class uh, at the temple, actually. So I definitely appreciate the opportunity. Um, appreciate the opportunity to connect with Jadarani and Gurgobinan Prabhu, uh, also with Paramatarangani uh, and Sachi Kumar Prabhu, who I see is here as well. And um, also see my good godbrother, Jagannath Pandit Prabhu, and I think Mother Chintamani might also be there. Um, and the rest of you I haven't met, but I'm glad to virtually meet you as well. Uh, so, uh, to, in terms of uh, remembering uh, Bhakti Chaitanya Swami, I think uh, when I remember him, something that come to mind. Uh, I think even I've, I've talked to my good friend Ketu about this. That this quality of excellence that uh, it said in his biography that he never missed a day of school, that he had per a perfect attendance record, and he mentioned that when he was in Africa and uh, he um, made it a special purpose that in the morning for the Mongol Arti, the morning services that began at 4.30 in the morning, uh, he made it a priority to not only be there at that 4.30 a.m. service, but also to lead it uh, in terms of performing the, the devotional practices on the, on the altar. And even though it, he wasn't getting much sleep, uh, he felt that it was his duty as a member of the community to to take that personal sacrifice, whether even if it meant to sleep a little less, um, in order to to do that. And uh, I think when you see somebody who consistently shows by their example what it means to. Uh, I guess adhere to a higher standard and then to encourage other people to that. I think that's the, the memory that seems to stick out uh, and seems to be a, a theme in terms of uh, how he conducted his own spiritual practices and what he expected uh, from those around him. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Um set a super high but very inspirational standard and did it with joy. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that, that he took his spiritual practice really, really seriously. Yeah, yeah. thank you for sharing that. So um, there's a quote here I'm going to read and then I'm going to, I'm going to see if we can, if you can all circle around that and, 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 and we can lean in a little bit on it. It's, it's, an, it's an incredible quote and kind of sums, summarizes a lot of, um, how Maharaj spoke to us. Um, and it says, Maharaj says, we do not just want to become members of a powerful institution, but we want to experience this theology in such a way that our lives preach our message. We want people to feel amazed by our culture of devotion. If the participants are wholesome, the families are strong, and their physical and psychological needs met, 
This devotional culture will certainly amaze people. Most important, they should see how the spiritual care offered to those in the immediate environment extends outwards. We must first influence our own families and communities in order to influence society. If we cannot first help ourselves, how will we execute the commission of these great acharyas who want us to assist them in global transformation? This is from his book, Reflections on Sacred Teachings, Volume 3, connected to the Harinam Chintamani. So we've posted that quote in our chat box. Um, so yeah, uh, Maharaj says, he talks about um, the spiritual care that we offer to those in our immediate environment. Like let's start with ourselves and those close to us in order to spill out into the world. And how do we do that? Who'd like to speak? Should I call on you, Gary? Go ahead. Then. I mean, when I read that that, that quotation, you know, what what really comes to mind is how the, the, our teachings become very powerful when they're when they're actually lived. And so, like when I, when I see that particular quote, and it's interesting, Maharaj was he was known for being a very innovative you know, person in, in in spreading and. And, and reaching people and connecting with people in, in Krishna consciousness. But what, what, I, what I noticed with him and with also this quote is that he was, he was stayed extremely connected with the very basic principles of, of bhakti. So I, I see a huge parallel in this, in this quotation with what you see in the Nectar of Instruction, where it describes the verse that describes how devotees are supposed to have love for one another and how they express that. And, uh, and and Prabhupada comments there that, that that's also how how we can we can help to to to, to spread that teaching to others is through, through that same means. And so he's saying if we if we exemplify the teachings and learn to have this affection for one another, that not only will it help us, but it'll it'll it'll, it'll help us connect with others. And and in, in reality, this this is not something that's that goes along with bhakti. Like you have bhakti and then you also, you can do this and have communities. It's a central part of what bhakti is. That's why it's in something similar like that is included in the, in the nectar of instruction. This is a manifestation of devotion is that we, we, ha we not only ha have, have love for, for the Supreme Lord, but we have love for each other and love for, for, you know, the, the, the more people than that, even the wider than our own circle. And so, so he went, what, he, what he was talking about, you know, it was, it was always so deeply, deeply connected to our core teachings. And he just expressed them in a very beautiful way. Mm -hmm. I remember when he was in Detroit and he was giving a, a lecture after the Sunday program to people who otherwise wouldn't come to a Hare Krishna temple. And so we went upstairs in the, in the mansion and we had a little private room. And he gave this, you know, maybe 20 minute talk. And he didn't mention Krishna, he didn't mention, you know, so many of the you know, usual words we would use in the lecture, but I was following along and because, and I, every point he made, I said, oh, that's this verse from Bhagavad Gita. This is this verse from Srimad Bhagavatam. So even though he was innovative, he was really faithfully representing the core message that we had. And so that, the, the, that first thing was we, we have to begin to feel the value of others. We, 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 
when we tend to begin a spiritual path, we tend to be fixated on ourselves and worried about ourselves. And it's when we begin to move more and be more concerned with others that we can start to be thinking about having real community. Oh, I, I love that point. Um, when, we, when we value others, we, we, when we really value others in our community, and he speaks to that point in his um, four principles of community, actually. The first one is, um, well, all of them, but uh, treat everyone you encounter um, or think of the person you love the most and inspire them to, and inspire to treat everyone with that same quality of love, to value everyone in your environment. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, would either of you like to comment on that uh, or share, uh, add on to that, Navakishore or uh, Jadarani? Sure. Um, um, just a comment on um, the way uh, Guru trained us to um, connect with people that you're just meeting. And I remember him saying things like, um, if I say something that doesn't resonate with you, just file it away. And, uh, you know, maybe you can use it in the future. So he would plant seeds and, um, knowing that right now someone might not be able will feel comfortable with hearing what he was saying, but he planted a seed and then he goes a step farther and demonstrate um, that he was walking his talk. And I remember, you know, after meeting him for the first time, um, our senior God brothers and God sisters, you know, who we met initially, um, they made you feel like um, they, they made you feel welcome and they really cared about you. And there was really, a, you know, a process by which we actually became friends and they got to know, you know, what your propensities were. And the next thing you know, you were engaged, you know, early on in some kind of service based on, you know, the type of personality you had or your interests. So, um, when people feel like you care about them, um, they're enthusiastic about getting involved in and trying to grow spiritually. And they like that feeling of you caring for them and they, they want to show up, you know, for the service. Nice. Um, and it's and sometimes perhaps... It's easy to do that when, you know, we're welcoming new people in or we're encouraging new people. But sometimes it seems, and I think this is a challenge for our communities, that we, we get less affectionate for, for, for those who have been around for a while. Um, and, you know, our, our deepening and ongoing community, you know, the balance between welcoming new people and also loving and being affectionate to those devotees that we've gotten to know very well. In other words, we have this idea that, that we want this community that's peaceful and loving, yet life is messy and, and complicated. So how do we live into his principles of community as we live together and get to know each other and, and difficulties arise? Well, I think, first of all, uh, we, we need to acknowledge, 
you know, to ourselves that we're, I don't want to use the word struggling, but we're, we're, we're working to become a better uh, Jesus, you know, and the next, and the the next person, you know, has a soul just like we do. And, and so we're all here trying to figure out how to uh, love Krishna more, how to serve. And uh, we have to also acknowledge that, um, like you said, this life is messy. We're, we're actually in the hospital. We're in a spiritual hospital trying to get better. And we're all on different levels. And it's a, it's a prison hospital because this world is, it's, um, we're stuck in the middle of this illusion. And we're all trying to, um, to learn how to get out. And so first we have to acknowledge that you know we're we're trying to get out ourselves and we have to you know take the medicine you know which is the instructions from the spiritual master and we have to live it and because if we don't live it we can't share it with anybody else um we can't help someone else until we help ourselves and be honest with ourselves about where we are nice so what you're saying is we have to Work on ourselves first. And Bhakti Swami used to emphasize that. Clean your own, clean yourself, clean your own house. Be very grounded in our practice and teachings and living it so that then it naturally, um, we we show up in community um, with with the affection we're looking for, for everybody else who's in the hospital with us. Thank you. Nava, anything to add to this? Yeah, I I think... um when Jadarani was talking about uh, um, a few different things and the, uh, can you also remind me of the, the initial question that, so I, I make sure I, I incorporate that as well in my response. Um, well, we, I asked about, you know, Maharaj says we, the spiritual care we offer each other is, it will then spread out into the, into the larger world. And what is that spiritual care? How, what does that spiritual care look like? Um, and yeah, and that, which led to, it's easy to be welcoming and hospitable to new people coming in, but sometimes we're not so welcoming and hospitable to each other who have been around our communities for a long time. And how would Maharaj, you know, how do we, how do we, with Maharaj's mood, um, you know, look at that. Yeah. So, uh, if I understood what you're asking is that you're talking about, uh, what exact? How do we offer spiritual care in the mood of what Marge was saying? And then the second part was uh, for new people and people who've been around that sometimes the level of care we offer isn't uh, can like change over time. And so, like, how to be consistent? Is that what you're? Yeah. How to? Yeah. 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 yeah I, I think um, in terms of offering spiritual care, I, I think one thing that really impressed me about uh, Bhaktivedanta Swami, uh, when I uh, first interacted with him, I was experiencing a lot of, of mental health and depression. And I remember writing to one of his uh, disciples, uh, Garuda Das, that I really wanted these tapes on uh, when Maharaj was talking about uh, coping with, um, I think it was a series on uh, coping uh, with depression. 
And I, I think what was interesting at that time was Sometimes it's in, in similar ways, you know, there's certain to topics that in society that um, I think it's changing now where you can be a little bit more open with, with mental health and talk about, you know, those struggles. And I, I think there's, there's, um, there's aspects also of, uh, uh, you know, as we're seeing in modern society, there's, uh, when we think about homosexuality and um, how it's only till recently as a society have we come to really talk about, um, you know, homosexuality in a way that people can be feel, you know, it's not even everywhere, but people can feel comfortable at least saying that, you know, this is who they are as a person. And um, I think the same thing goes with depression. I think, uh, you know, last week when we had that conversation about, uh, racism uh, within ISCON and racism in general. I think there's a a point about spirituality where trying to understand and come to grips with ourselves um, and that the more when we do that and we allow our past to uh, help us understand who we are, but then also the striving for something that aside from what our own experiences are in life and in the world, that there's this higher principle that maybe we were hurt uh, by life or by certain circumstances or we can't really figure out like wh why is it that I'm in this particular situation? And this idea of a spiritual community, it gives us both answers as well as a community where we can be involve ourselves with where, uh, we can hope to feel that we're not being judged or um, labeled based off of those those things that that um, that are imperfect within us. That there's this idea of this perfection within us that we can attain, and it's the it's this, it's the kindness of spiritual people that that bring us into that community and help us stay. And and I think to your second question in terms of. Um, you know, being kinder to newer people. Um, and sometimes, you know, as people progress on uh, within spiritual life, maybe missing some of that. Sometimes I, I, um, I thought about the analogy that when somebody's first coming to the temple, I guess as a young uh, single, or previously single male, that it was kind of like dating. And like, you know, when someone's first coming to the temple, you know, it's like you're really excited to see them. And, you know, you really, each time they come to the temple, it's like an amazing experience and they're learning. And then you're also enthused by how they're growing. And sometimes what happens when they take initiation, it's kind of like a marriage and they, they're married and they've made the commitment. You know, they said like, you know, I'm in it, you know, um, this is going to be my life. And then after that marriage, then it's like, like the work comes where you have to every day the the individual has to recommit themselves and not only recommit themselves and that's not just like coming to the temple program but it's also doing a whole list of other things to almost be a spiritual leader and um i i just know in the in the two years that um uh, I, i've been with my wife is that uh, I've been really almost fanatical about it, 
um, every, every time we sit down for a meal, we, we say three things we're grateful for. And uh, I think, um, you know, to your point in terms of, um, you know, there's devotees in the, this community, uh, you know, like yourself, who's been practicing for many years and Jadarani and Giri Govardhan Prabhu, your dedication. And I, I think, uh, I think you forget that, like you forget that there's actual people, you know, who are keeping these communities alive and, uh, just kind of remembering that even in your own struggles, you know, you have those struggles and you, you may or may not, you know, f- feel hesitant to be a part of community, but the people who are stronger than you, who, um, who are somehow able to keep those spiritual principles alive, they're the ones that allow you to, to come back and to re-engage and experience those higher deals that you're looking for. And so uh, I guess a wordy answer, but I think, you know, in terms of uh, being kinder to those people, I think it's, it's like what, uh, what I see, you know, here and, and um, yeah, it's, it's that, it's that dedication that I think about. And, and how that, that kind of a dedication, the rededication to a spiritual principle kind of keeps, um, the mood alive, both for, for young and, and, uh, for experienced and inexperienced people to our community. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Nova. I love, I love the, I love the dating marriage analogy you gave. It, it makes so much sense, right? That it's a, it's a, it's a relationship and it will go through different phases. Uh, that was really helpful. Um, I loved how he, sh- how, you know, I think Bhakti Swami in one sense was ahead of his time and he really began to shine a light on these, um, you know, the struggles that we have as devotees more than just, you know, we, we, we're hanging in there, but, you know, it's actually important to talk about them. Giri Prabhu, do you have anything to add to, to, to Nava's? Um, I mean, I can, I can say something about what you just said there, that he was shining a light on, on how we can, how we can you know grow in, in, in our spiritual lives. He he, in his uh, the spiritual warrior series. Again, some of the later volumes, he has a little a little preface in there. And he, he said that he was he's been traveling all around the world, and every place he's went, he he's found you know, devotees who've been you know, discouraged or in, in in some way you know going through different types of struggles and and, uh, and sometimes very unhappy. And and so he said it was really his. He really felt that it was it was his kind of central core mission to help people to to pass through those things. And then he you know himself was was such a uh, uh, a sign of that. My my wife remembers a time she was she was cooking an offering for the deities in Detroit. And you ha- if the, the cook would have to bring the plates through this little school, it's called the Srinathaji Hall, into, into the temple room for the jars to get them and offer them and so Maharaj was was chanting and walking up and down in the Srinathaji Hall and he didn't even say a word to her but he just he just kind of followed her with his eyes as she was bringing the place over with a big smile on his face <laughs> and it was many years ago but to this day that you know that that, that, that smile that he gave her still <laughs> sustains her partially in some ways in her spiritual life she she never forgotten that the impression he made so he, he he really wanted us to be able to grow and to try to and he was trying to give us so many different resources to try to do that so he he, he saw that it's it's a, it's a normal thing that we're we're, we're trying to we're trying to, to to grow and we have we have so many so many kind of inertias in us that we have to deal with and so he was really looking at that and seeing how he could be of help to people 
like us. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, Jadarani, you wanted to add something? Yes. Um, so, I mean, the longer you are a part of the community, then you start to understand certain rules and regulations. And um, if you don't, if you don't get the encouragement, you know, to remind you why is it important to do certain things, um, then you may do them, but uh, you won't do it with enthusiasm and it'll just be too much like an external, you know, affair. So I think the thing that we have to um, continue to do is encourage um, each other, you know, who, who have been here a long time, um, encourage devotees in their services and in their quest to, you know, grow spiritually and people will feel the, continue to feel the enthusiasm for trying to do better. Thank you. Uh, encourage. Now, I want to dig down a little bit on that because it, it seems that that's a component of, of, of a community if we wanted to try to define what is community, what does a successful community look like, or even how can we create experiences of community um, around us. And so if we look at this um, activity of encouraging people, how, do, how did Mar we saw how Maharaj did it simply by smiling and, 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 and looking at somebody sometimes, but in what other ways did Maharaj or can we um, nourish our communities in, by, through encouragement? What are pra practical ways that, that we can encourage people? Um, and anybody can jump in here, you know, Jadarani or any of you, Jadarani continue, but feel free to jump in and, and, and say a few things. Well, Maharaj says that the definition of community is communication, uh, cooperation, and communing, you know, with each other. Mm -hmm. So um, he was really, really big on us um, making the time to meet with each other once a month and uh, check in and see how you're doing, how you're doing with whatever service you are a part of, what's going on in your life on a daily basis, you know, what's happening with your basic necessities. That was really important to him. And, uh, you know, when he was on the planet, he also really wanted us to write to him. Well, and then he's not on the planet anymore, but that's, that's no reason why we can't, you know, talk to him and tell him what's going on, you know, in our lives. But, but this communicating is really important and really listening and hearing, you know, one another and offering, you know, assistance uh, where we can and communing, uh, you know, means to, I mean, do things like, Yes, we come to the temple. Um, primarily, we're all there on a Sunday. But it means things like having going on a japa walk together, um, chanting japa together, uh, 
uh, honoring Prashad together, you know, and having a discussion about Krishna and um, cooperation. That's the part that's pretty exciting to me um, because when I think of cooperation, I think it means serving together. And magical things take place when we serve together. First of all, we learn more about ourselves and what things we need to work on in our own personalities. And we learn more about the devotee that the devotees we're working with. You can't help it. You all are working closely together on a project. And so you learn things about them, you know, wonderful things about their talents, um, you know, uh, things that they're, they may be struggling with, um, that you may be struggling with. You find that, you know, your common ground and, um, you build stronger relationships. And maybe you finish that project and you know, because of the things that you, you have learned about that devotee, hey, we can work well together on future projects. Nice. Yeah, beautiful. I love how you said uh, make the time, make the time to meet and talk to each other. Our lives are just busy and we tend to surrender to busyness perhaps more than we should. Um, but to actually intentionally encourage people by making the time uh, to reach out and talk to each other. Um, Nava Prabhu, Anything to add to how do we encourage each other since it seems to be such an important part of the structure of belonging to a community? Yeah, I, I had a really good talk with um, my god sister Chintamani uh, who, uh, the other day, and I was telling her how uh, sometimes uh, it's just it's, it's strange because we were talking about how uh, 2005 was when Bhakti Chitra Swami had left this world and it's 2020 and, and it's it's 15 years and um it's amazing you know i was talking with you about how gopinath got married and it's just amazing to think you know how the people we see in our community how time you know has yeah <laughs> yeah and and um uh i think also what's amazing is um like Prabhupada said, like one quote where he said that, don't be amazed at the people who've, who've left, but be amazed at the people who've, who've stayed. And, and sometimes just like really thinking about that, like how there's been this regular dedication of people who, who not necessarily rotely. I mean, there's, there's one thing to do something in a very rote way and to keep doing it. And in that sense, it, I would almost say that's unadvisable. But there's some things with my job that I think about where I was asked recently by an HR uh, manager who said, you know, do you love what you're doing? And, and I struggled with that because when I, when I talk to my wife, I say, like, oh, it's like financial consulting, like I'm doing. Um, and, and some people do love financial consulting. I'm not saying I don't, you know, but I get a different experience when I'm doing theater versus when I'm – or, I'm, you know, maybe even watching – you know, doing something fun that like, I think is fun, like, I don't know, playing sports, but, um, but then there's, there's something very true to, I think that advice in terms of it, in, if we're engaging in spiritual practices, like we have to ask ourselves, like, why, why are we doing this? And, and, 
there's this kind of parallel. Uh, my wife and I were trying to kind of take advantage of this COVID period to uh, declutter. And there's this um, Japanese decluttering guru, uh, Marie Kondo, who talks about uh, joy and how things are supposed to bring us joy. And uh, I think it's really shifted my perspective a little bit because uh, just to try to think of in our own spiritual lives, like we know there's things that we don't really love to do what we do anyways, but then there should be some things that we really like, it's just like really gets us motivated. And I think kind of leaning into those things kind of can help uh, us be more encouraged and enthused and and uh, I, I think I like the example that Jadarani gave about uh, service. It's sometimes uh, having a service, particularly uh, that verse in, in um, Gurvastakam that um, the spiritual master is, is um, engages the disciples in cleaning the temple and performing all these services around the temple. And, and it's almost like this duty of spiritual leaders to try to find ways that people can people can get people can get and can get enthusiastic doing something they wouldn't ordinarily do, and like Jadarani is saying that I think when we're talking about spiritual community in particular, the the first time I came to an institute program, uh, I was the only Indian American person uh, at the meeting. It was at Madhvacharya's house, who's also a disciple of Bhaktivedanta Swami. And they're all African-Americans. And I remember uh, feeling very uncomfortable. That was the first feeling I had because I hadn't, I don't think I had been in a room, you know, where everybody else was all African-American. I wasn't uncomfortable. It was just like a, like a different experience. Like if you ever go to India, um, I know for people who are Caucasian, like Indians will, will look at you and they'll just stare at you. And it's just like a, it's just a different experience for them. And I, I want to say that um, kind of serving around Mike and Jitter disciples and getting to know them over the years, uh, it's, it's, um, it's wonderful how in these environments when you can meet and interact with diverse people, you can find, you know, commonality, you know, in some of these, these projects that we're trying to accomplish and, and, also get to know people and a community that you might not otherwise be exposed to. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. Feeling joy uh, because it is Kevalananda Kanda, this path of happiness and part of community is being a place where you can be nourished in that, right? Encouraged and nourished in that. And Gary Prabhu, you, you sometimes speak about, you know, having that taste or having that, um, experience of joy um as a way to to be you know to nourish ourself but to be conscious and aware of getting um of 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 being involved in services that 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 spark that do you have anything to add to that gary i was thinking more you know about how to be encouraging you know and i think one of the things that's that's important uh, and jadarani was mentioning it that, that we you know we have kind of our superficial selves, which may be, uh, which will be imperfect, but there's, there's this inner perfection. And, uh, and so some, somehow or other, if, if we, if we can, if we can project to others, if we can have some of it, our, some confidence ourselves that you know, we don't gain our value from uh, the imperfect externals, 
and 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 uh, and that we and oftentimes when we face this tension between you know the the ideals that we strive for and the imperfect nature that we have right now, there's sometimes this this feelings of failure come about and discouragement, and so sometimes that can be a real problem. And if we can understand that you know that, that we have this, this this beautiful core, this perfect core, and others have that same thing, and therefore we can have real confidence that we can move forward and we can improve and we can reach the, the goals even though it's far away. And if we can communicate that confidence, even, even non-verbally to others, we just by the way we look at them, that, that, they, you know, that, that, that they're okay, they're, they're, they're part of our community, they're part of us, we're, they're dear to us. I think that helps because feelings of failure also you know, cause us to feel disconnected then. Mm-hmm that I'm not part of this, this group of people who are striving for perfection or striving for love, striving for Krishna. Maybe I, maybe I can't make it. Maybe I can't do it. Maybe I'm not worthy. And so if somehow you can, you can send that vibration to people that know they're definitely worthy. They will make it to that. I think it's helpful. And perhaps that's a kind word or a smile or a, or a thoughtful conversation. Um, okay. Um, we're coming, we've just got 10 minutes left, and I have, I have a, a question for all of you that, you know, Maharaj spoke about um, a culture, a community, a devotional culture that should amaze people, right? Um, that that, that um, we want people to feel amazed about our culture of devotees. So, devotion. So, how can I, as an individual, um, be a better community member? How can I contribute to that amazing culture. I'm one person. Um, but let me know, um, what can I do when I, you know, in my everyday life and in my, especially in around the devotional community of um, practitioners that I interact with, how can I be a better community member? I think um, a, an acknowledgement that we're like the United Nations, and it's a really unique situation um, in that we have devotees from all different cultural backgrounds, all different walks of life, and we should acknowledge, you know, and con- uh, acknowledge that and continue to shed a light on the fact that we're able to cooperate um, with our diversity mm. and really uh, really continue to get to know people's uh, the, the different talents that that everybody brings to this table a table w- with Krishna in the middle and we are trying to improve our relationships you know, with Krishna and serve Krishna in the way that we serve each other and the larger community. So, I mean, we need to um, really remind ourselves that we're doing something unique in the sense that, you know, uh, I think it was Martin Luther King that said that, and I'm paraphrasing, that um, Sunday mornings, is the or Sundays are the most uh, segregated time of uh, of the week when people are 
you know, at their different houses of worship, you know, with um, people who are just like them. But we're doing something unique um, in ISKCON, and we need to build on that and really appreciate, continue to find ways to appreciate our diversity and, and unite around that. That's wonderful. Thank you for, for sharing that. And your point about really looking at people that are full of gifts and talents and beautiful things and to, to draw that out uh, around the table, around Krishna. Um, yeah, how do we show up as community members to contribute to a beautiful, um, amazing community of devotional culture? Uh, Navaki Shore Prabhu. Yeah, I, I remember uh, just briefly uh, there was a, a, a Pushpavan Prabhu gave a, um, his, his Vyas Puja offering a few years ago. He talked about how all the disciples wrote Srila Prabhupada and said how happy uh, they were after they uh, experienced Krishna consciousness. And I think the message that I've gotten recently and that's resonated with me is that if we we can find something in spiritual community that makes us happy, that uh, brings us to a better uh, place in ourselves, and we're able to share that with others, then uh, we can really be a part of and be benefited by the community in a meaningful way. And to extent that we're not feeling happy and we are having difficulties, then we kind of need to reevaluate um, how we're going about our interaction with community and. Uh, how we're leading our own lives. Wonderful. So self-reflection, um, really really keeping a pulse on your own sense of self and your own state of mind and being able to adjust because the value is that um, there's happiness. Spiritual happiness is important and, and it's there. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you. Giri Govardhan Prabhu. I, I was thinking that you know, the, the first the first principle I think of uh, Maharaj's community, you know, where, he, where he mentions that you bring the uh, try to bring the same love that you have for the person you love the yes. most into everyone. But I, I was thinking kind of an analogous to that that if we want to have deep relationships with people, we have to start somewhere, mm. and so we have to at least begin to establish some at least one deep relationship with with another devotee, and if, and, and some. And then from that, you can take some inspiration and, and, and guidance to be able to extend that. And so maybe you start out more in your comfort mm -hmm. zone, you know, and, and find who's more like you with it. But then, then you begin to extend that, you know, and you and you, the, the the kind of the you get some inspiration and some knowledge from that how to take it to another person, another person. So I, I think I think these things happen almost one at a time, that uh, that that it spreads like when we're, when we're if we're going to try to really. Really treat each other with love. We have to start. We have to start someplace and then and gradually expand that. I really appreciate that point because sometimes it is hard to love everybody, or you know, come up to that level of just you know generous, like mature advancement. But to to have one, to start with one or two that you really, really can 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 feel so much joy and affection when you see them or when you're around them, and then let that grow from there. Even if there's difficulties with others, but to me make sure you have, have, have some. Thank you all so much. This has been a conversation that I think everybody would agree could continue and continue. Um, 
I would like to um, encourage you all to um, go on the website, bhaktitirataswami.com, and uh, read, if you haven't read, some of Maharaj's books, and there's his audio lectures there. Uh, iFast is in D.C. They have programs there re regularly. And I, I, I just want to finish up um, with just reading the four principles of community because we ended with saying that um, as we look to community, but we also need to look to ourselves to what we bring to community. And these, these four principles really speak to that. Number one, treat everyone you encounter. And Maharaj wrote these principles. Treat everyone you encounter as if the success or failure of your spiritual life depends on the quality of your interactions with them. Brings it back. Brings it back to, to, to me, to us. Number two, think of the person you, lo you love the most and aspire to treat everyone with that same quality of love. Three, view all conflicts as your own fault first. And four, realize that people in your present environment might very well be the people with whom you will live out your life and who are likely to be with you at the time of death. Now we could do a talk, a lecture, a discussion series on each one of these. And each one of these, we could do it for hours because they're so rich and deep and wonderful. Um, I don't know if some, if, if they were posted in the chat box, you can look it up, just Google the four principles. Um, Really nice things every day to, to read first thing in the morning, to soak your mind and to help shape our ways of treating devotees because Maharaj, by his life and by his teachings, really showed how, um, how we can do that and how we really need to do that. We do not have time for questions. Um, uh, we could go on for a few minutes. If anybody has a burning question, you could either put it in the chat box but I, I see Miriam here, and uh, Miriam is always reminding me on a Sunday that we should spend, uh, we should um, recite the Holy Name three times to send prayers and um, healing and beautiful spiritual bhakti energy out to those who might need it in their lives right now, people who are close to us that we know are suffering. So uh, please just take a minute to uh, think of somebody, and then we can recite the Ma Mantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Thank you all so much. If you do 